Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws, well, they both look pretty badass and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge. When you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees, look at assaultlimited.com. Also sponsoring today's podcast is Urban Savage, U-R-B-N-S-V-G.com. The best quality apparel available. American-made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny. The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3EQUIP.com. A3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion, a lip balm, a hair conditioner, honestly, anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3equip.com don't forget ladies and gentlemen in the podcast description or podcast notes in your podcast app you can get access to all of our sponsors all of the products that we talk about in the podcast and contact information for paul and martin proceed with caution all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about? Talking about? Talking about? Get squared away. Spiritual. Get squared away. Emotional. Get squared away. Mental. Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. We are live with episode 015. What up, my brother? Not much. Just uh, feeling good. Feeling Ready good. Feeling great. How about yourself? I'm doing. I'm doing great, man. It's uh. It was a good weekend. Went out to North Dakota with my dad, my brother, Chris, and shot a bunch of prairie dogs. Hopefully, there's no PETA people that listen to this. Um, it's just a good trip. We we try to do every year. My dad's been going out there since 1994. Um, we drive all night Thursday night. We get there Friday. We shoot all day Friday sleep the town we're in has a little bar with uh with a i guess you would call it a restaurant the guy like cooks steaks but the guy that runs the bar broke his neck so all we had was cardboard pizzas because he yeah he, he he wasn't there so we rent a little trailer house and stay in that for the night and then we shoot all day saturday and then drive home all day sunday so oh yeah yeah it was about 1400 milligrams of caffeine thursday night and sun and saturday night to get home but well I'm just, a, I'm just catching up on my sleep how many rounds you put down range? Um, I let's see. I took out 550, and I have about 150 left. So about 400 rounds I did. Um, I think Chris shot through about 400, and then between my dad and my brother, they probably did like another 750 or 800. Yeah, and just for those the uh, PETA people, those are pests. 
Correct. Yeah, they're they're pests. They Just and like they wild can't. Dogs, right? Yeah, and they can't poison them because out there there's uh, black-footed ferrets, which are an endangered species. Yeah. So wherever black-footed ferrets are spotted, they can't poison the prairie dogs. And then the prairie dogs come in and they ruin the land. They they basically ruin it so that cows will fall in the holes, break their legs. You can't plant anything. You lose a ton of acreage of, of food from those things. And they're really nasty creatures. They create, uh, they carry the, the plague, like the bubonic plague that killed Ooh, half of Europe. They carry that. Wow. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we just, it's kind of an eradication thing and some hunt, some farmers will charge you, um, because they know they can, right. Cause you right. drive all the way out there, but most of them just want them gone. So most of them are right. cool with you just going and shooting them. I'm surprised they charge you because you know, the bottom line on their savings is uh, quite a bit. Yeah, for sure. But you know, if you can make an extra hundred bucks a guy <laughs> every weekend, that's a lot Other of, beer, that's a lot of beer money, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we, we did end up paying one guy, um, but him and his family have 9,000 acres or 10,000 acres. So it was worth it. Yeah. Um, I will say that the old three quarter ton Denali is not made for off-roading. Um, oh, just a little rough. She was a little rough. Yeah. She was a little, little rough with that heavy suspension, but it did fine. Um, it was good. It was a good trip, man. Hit, I hit one at 465 yards, and my dad hit one at like 650 yards. Oh, really? Yeah. 650, huh? Two years ago, I hit one at almost 800, but that was legitimately almost 50 rounds fired downrange at that little fucker. It was like once, it was like oh, the yeah. end of the day, and it was like uh, either I'm going to run out of ammo or he's going to die, one or the Jeez. other. What'd your dad uh, hit the 650 at? You had 300? No, 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 no. We're shooting small stuff, so 22, 250. So it's a 52 grain pill moving at about 3,800 foot per second. Well, so there's a lot of drop good, at yeah. 650 yards. It's probably I'd have to look at my cheat sheet again, um, but I think it's somewhere around like 36 to 45 inches of drop out that far. Well, wow. so he had it pretty calculated, or yeah, was it, yeah, uh, we adjust, we we try to adjust. Sometimes you're on the fly, so you kind of just because one of the funnest parts, if anybody read the post this week, one of the funnest parts is like smoking them out of somebody else's scope. Yeah, because they're they're zooming in, they're getting ready to shoot, and then you fucking blast them right in front of them. That's one of the best. <laughs> that's one of the best things of the whole weekend. Um, uh, at least it was calculated. It's not the uh, aim for the chest and get a headshot and be like, oh yeah, I meant to do that. Yeah, no, 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 because <laughs> they're tiny, right? So like yeah. you know, they're only I don't know ten inches tall when they're standing. Yeah, and a lot of times they're just laying down. But yeah, it was. It's a fun. It's fun, man. It's really fun. I'm not going to tell anybody where we go because the place that we go has been pretty good to us the last few years, and yeah. it got real bad for <laughs> probably. Let's see, what is it? 2021. So probably I'd say 2015 to 2020. Um, it got rough. Too many people going out there, which is great. Like right, they're they're eradicating the things. But then when you drive all the way out there and you have a hard time finding places to shoot, that sucks. Oh yeah, yeah. I hear you there. Yeah, my weekend is uh, pretty much at home, and that's nice. I need one of those, man. I'm, out. I'm wiped. Yeah, doing house uh, house stuff, cleaning, and you know, single dad maintenance kind of stuff. Single dad maintenance. Um, I got a challenge from from one of our buddies, uh, well, actually from Chris, to try to add more value to this this beginning banter that we have because <laughs> we do like after we take our oh. deep dives, we really try to add value because if you know people are going to listen to this, they, they need to take something away. It's not just entertaining, right? Like you're funny, I'm not. Your voice sounds like a DJ porn star voice. Mine sounds like a fucking <laughs> ferret. Um, but to add more value to this, so so um, I'm gonna. I think we should try to just. A quick thing um, with each of our, you know, maybe one thing of our banter. And I think today, like I want to for physical, let's like let's kind of define progressive overload. Right. Because a lot of people that listen to this, um, 
they, they do lift weights and they do want to get stronger. But the idea of progressive overload is like your body is really intelligent and it's only going to compensate for what you make it do. So if you're not consistently adding weight to your lifting, then you're not giving your body more to work towards. Right. Yeah. So like no, the, absolutely the idea of progressive overload is like you need to be keeping track, whether it's in your head or in your phone or whatever, so that, you know, last month you were benching, you know, 275. You need to up that another 10 pounds. Like you don't need to put a ton more weight on it, but you need to up that 10 pounds. And then next month, 10 pounds and next month, 10 pounds. And then in a year, you're 120, you're benching 120 pounds more than you were. Louis Simmons talks about, if nobody knows who Louis Simmons is, he, he coaches some of the strongest men in the world. Um, he talks about like two and a half pound increments. I don't know. I guess it'd be two and a half pounds on each side. So a five pound increment, but just tiny little amounts of progressive overload compounded over time are going to actually gain you muscle and gain you strength. Whereas if you're going into the gym and doing the same fucking thing every day over and over, what's going to happen? You're going to get really good at doing 35 pound curls and, you know, 90 pound shoulder press. Right. I mean, uh, for me being 50 or I mean, 49, not 50. It's, I mean, for you guys out there that are, are struggling with that or even settling to stay at the same weight and just, you know, tell everybody you're doing maintenance, you know, there, there really is not a time in your life where you should just be doing that. I mean, you know, sometimes exactly what you're talking about, progressive overload, I have to, you know, sometimes do five, three ones or five by fives to get there, alternate my weeks between, you know, I got a heavy week and then do high volume week the next week. And, you know, I'm able to maintain that, you know, that heavy weight. I mean, you see me in the gym. So it's, uh, you know, just because you're getting older doesn't mean you settle. No, just because you're getting old, it means that you might need to take more time to recover, but it doesn't mean your weight should be going backwards. If you hurt yourself, right. clearly you're going to, you're going to reset, right? Like, yep. like when I hurt, when I hurt myself getting close to my 500 pound deadlift, I backed off. Right. And then I was back at 395 and I've been working my back, my way back towards 500, but I didn't just do less. I'm still progressively overloading. I'm just resetting where I'm starting from. Yeah. So that's, I kind of wanted to add that in because I do see a ton of people in the gym that do the same fucking thing every week, week in, week out. And you can tell that they're, you know, they're, they're toned, but they're not getting any stronger. Right. Yeah. So, it just becomes maintenance. Yeah. And I think that becomes, you know, they can get quote bored. So I think that, you know, we'll try to, we'll try to do, I guess, a, a quick dive um, during this little beginning banter to try to add some sort of value so that you guys aren't just like, oh, Morton's doing heavy week again and Paul's doing light week and they're eating this. And so I think that's good. Mentally, what have you been, what have you been rocking? I've been rocking the same thing. Uh, we just been backed up at work. So I've been challenging myself to do this data analytics stuff that... I've been so out of for over well over a decade and a half. That's fun. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those where yeah, you got to kick yourself in the ass and do the Goggins thing and just say, you know what, fuck it, I'm just doing it. Just buckle down. Buckle down, and uh, you just it's now for those of you, I mean, the skills that you don't know always seem like a big redwood tree, but you know what, you just start chopping. You put your head down and you start chopping, and eventually it it gets there. I mean, it took me a couple days. My favorite line on that is, how do you eat an elephant? One (laughs) bite at a time. time, That's my fucking, that's my favorite line when it comes to that shit. Just minor, minor increments 
add up to a lot. I mean, that's really like progressive overload. That's what we were just talking about, really. But yeah. um, my mind has been cached. Um, we're still going through all my restructure at work. So um, normally I'm really high functioning because a majority of my life is habitual. I get up and do the same thing. I eat the same thing. I pack the same thing for food. I go to the same accounts like it's all habit. So then I'm able to use my mental capacity for a lot of other shit. Um, rebuilding all those habits around all this restructure is is my brain feels like mush. So I, I started Ready Player Two, which is a, a fictional book. I don't know if anybody's read Ready Player One. There is a movie Ready Player One. It's all based in uh, in augmented reality. No, it's virtual reality in, in you know the United States 2030-ish. And it's a it's a great movie. It's a great book. And then the his new one, Ready Player Two, just came out. And I bought it for my tattoo session that I was supposed to go um, to Iowa for that's a whole nother shit show of a story, but, um, that was going to be, that was going to be keep my mind off that for, you know, 12 hours of, of driving and tattooing. Um, so I started that this week and that's good, man. I love, like I may, I have to make myself do a fiction book every once in a while, just because I'm so like, Oh, I got to learn. I got to learn, got to learn, got to learn. But man, it's nice to just kind of escape reality and, and listen to some fiction or read some fiction. Yeah. While you're trying to function. Yeah. I mean, that's why the, uh, the arts are in our lives, you know, it enriches us. Yeah. I don't know. It does that whatever chemical thing to your brain. Yeah. So yeah, not sure it, what, but. And it's, it's good, man. It's like, I, I sit down and watch a movie and it's, I'm, I'm a movie nut. Like I love movies. It's, it's an escape from reality. It always has been for me. Um, but a good a good fictional book while I'm you know in my ear while I'm working I could do I could do meaningful meaningless tasks for hours on end if I have something like that going on in my head oh yeah like when I bought um, when I bought my my diesel Jetta um, I had to drive down there and pick it up and drive it back so that's like thirty hours of driving well Game of Thrones just put that in my ear all the way down all oh, the really? way back it was great <laughs> um, spiritual I will say that. It sucks driving overnight and getting 45 minutes of sleep and then shooting all day. But because of my spiritual practice and my meditation, I was able to kind of see it from outside for what it was, is the memory making situation that it was. And really, I was I was in the moment during that and during those long conversations because you got the driver and then you got the co-pilot. The two guys in the back are usually sleeping. The co-pilot is just making conversation, right? Keep everybody staying awake. And I had some great conversations and I was able because of, because of a meditation practice, I was able to kind of be in the moment and realize like, these are the conversations that make life awesome. And that getting up, you know, after 45 minutes of sleep and going to shooting all day with your family and your friends, like those are the times that you're going to remember. And I, and just being able to be in the moment and that was awesome. Yeah. It was really cool. Oh, that's awesome. That's refreshing. Yeah, spiritually, I mean, the last couple of weeks have been good. There's been a lot of uh, really great sermons, great talks online. I know uh, Life Church Wisconsin pastor there is awesome. Um, yeah, like I said, just being able to sometimes gets to be being around other people that, you know, are in that same, that five person group that you are the quote average of, you know, just dwelling with that group and, and having conversation is uh is refreshing recharges you so even when you're in the shit of you know reading data 24 7 um it's still it did get your get your mind right yeah and that's that's right i mean really it's it's the 
it's having the right people around, right? Like, yeah, I fucking hate people, but I love people at the same time. Like, I hate shitty people and love awesome people. It, yeah. It's kind of like, like shitty people on the road, right? I guess it's kind of like people are like a people are like a flavor, right? Like, there's a lot of flavors I don't like, like you know, but there's a lot of flavors that I have to have to make life great, and that's what people kind of are like. But I don't know, weird analogy. Oh no, that's a good analogy. It's a. Uh... So it goes back to this past week. I mean, I think, you know, our listeners deal with it too. Sometimes you have a week where, I mean, you can categorize the people that you run into on a daily basis. I mean, there's always that, you know, guess what? Everything's always bad or they always have, you know, you get the dreamers that always have these visions and goals and never, never do anything about it. And they're trying to tell you, oh, they're doing a little bit of it. Well, they've been doing that for about the last two years and but then you get within your circle and these, these are, I mean, for us, it's the, the doers. Yeah. You know, the doers, the thinkers, and that's what we're talking about today, the critical thinking. Yeah. You know, that's that's refreshing. No matter how shitty it gets, you get within that group and it just invigorates you. One of my favorite terms from those people that always have those ideas and they're never actually doing anything is a wantrepreneur. <laughs> I never heard that. But, right? Uh, Isn't that good? That, I read that somewhere. Yeah. I'm like, that's oh, fucking awesome. you didn't read that? Awesome. I you made that up. Yeah, no, like, no, no, no. I didn't make that up. I read it somewhere and I'm like, that's fucking great. Yeah. And it's not even just, you know, on the business side. No, it's just, no, it's in everything. But It's the health side I hear a lot. You know, and it's just, you know what? It's, it's the Nike slogan. Just do it. I, I learned a long time ago because I did make such a transformation that a lot of people do come to me and want to talk to me about it. And I learned a long time ago that all you can really do is put the information into the ether. And if they want to follow it, they will. If they don't, they won't. But you're at least planting those seeds, right? Yeah. Like you're, you're putting the information out there. You're, you're making them think about it. Maybe they think about it. Maybe they do something. Maybe they don't, but that's all you can do. You can't, you can't emotionally tie yourself to them following it because realistically, if you do that, you're going to be disappointed 90% of the time. Oh yeah. And you're just going to be empty because you know what? You're pouring a ton of your energy to people that who aren't willing to, you know, put any yep. energy to solve their own problems. Yep. So it's. Yeah, you got to kind of don't throw your pearls to the pigs, so to speak. I'm not watering flowers. I'm just raining. I'm just raining, raining information. And if it, if it goes it on a good flower, then it goes on a flower. If not, it just runs down the fucking road. That's fine. <laughs> I can't emotionally tie myself to somebody following it because yeah, that's where you lose. Yeah, and I think uh, over the years I've just become, and a lot of people know this who know me, is I just don't say anything. Yeah. If, if people ask for help. Usually I'll just kind of feel around and say, okay, do you really, really want help? Otherwise I'm not going to, you know, waste my time. And yeah. So you not say anything. You're like the more you, you, people love you at the gym. People love you. They just want to come talk to Martin. They it's, go out of their so way. It's like a museum, right? You know, the only Asian goofball ah. monkey <laughs> exhibit, right? You're the you're the odd exhibit. You're I'm the, the odd, odd exhibit. exhibit. I'm the I'm the fucking I'm the guy with the cutoff t-shirt and the beard. There's a hundred of us in the gym. Like people people look at me and I'm like a I'm like a road sign. They don't even read it most of the time. Oh yeah. You're like a big blinking light. Like oh shit, what was that? Yeah, you know that's that's the freak show over there. You know that's where the crowd is hanging <laughs> out. I, I can categorize. You know, there's guys like Jeremy. You know, I always joke with him. It's like yeah, there's there's a whole group of bald guys with beard. Yeah power lifters so yeah so anyway that's too funny all right deep dive critical thinking um you lead away brother yeah critical thinking is i think bottom line is what um when you get down to squared away is what we really encourage you know people to do and i think 
it's been brought up is like, well, okay, what, what is, is there a process to critical thinking? And I think if you Google online, there's, there's tons of processes. There's tons of people's theories. Um, you know, I can, you know, based on our conversation, I can only speak from experience. You know, what I learned, I mean, before deployment, you're really taught to really having a good understanding of critical thinking. Obviously, before deployment, you're based on, you know, getting squared away what we talk about and it's all ties in together. So, you know, before we start talking about anything, it's always best to define it. And the best thing Agreed. to do is the common definition that you go online and see uh, Wikipedia, which, you know, I don't know who contributes to Wikipedia. Only but, nerds in their mom's basements, but that's cool. <laughs> but you got to, yeah, you got to start somewhere, right? Yep. The first thing pops up is critical thinking is the intellectually disciplined process of actively and skillfully conceptualizing, applying, analyzing, synthesizing, and or evaluating information gathered from or generated by observation, experience, reflection, reasoning, or communication as a guide to belief and action. Wow. My head hurts after listening to that. Yeah, it's under criticalthinking.org. So, you know, the the thing that I wrote down is, you know, critical thinkers are people who think clearly and rationally, right? And you're able to make logical connections between ideas. And they're crucial to exploring, understanding the world that, you know, we have to exist in. So critical thinkers usually are focused on always upgrading their knowledge. Um, They always engage in, you know, here's the key word, independent self-learning. I think and I think one thing that maybe is a is like a stepping stone to critical thinking is always being speculative, always being speculative of the information that you hear, read. Someone says never just taking it at face value. It doesn't mean that you don't believe people, but it just means that you you have that little bit of doubt in anything, because then if you have that little bit of doubt in anything, once that seed is planted, then you have to verify it, right? Yeah, you have to learn to digest it. Yes. You know, and not parrot it. Um, you know, I think the biggest key is people have to realize that critical thinking is not intelligence. So no. if you're, if you're no, a critical no, 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 no. thinker, it doesn't mean, you know, you're like the smartest man alive. No, not at all. But you, you kind of, it, it, it comes off as intelligent because realistically what it does is it makes you research things before you are talking about them. So necess- it doesn't make you intelligent, but it makes you knowledgeable. It forces knowledge knowledge gaining. Yeah. I mean, the results is, yeah, I mean, you have an intelligent answer. Yes. So, um, you know, Rotana is a, co- a collection of cognitive, cognitive skills that allow us to think rationally in a goal-oriented fashion. Yes. You know, there's an end game to this. But the biggest key here is like we talked about in the, the kind of the pregame here is, you know, there's a disposition to use those skills when it's appropriate. Yeah. You know, it's not like, uh, you know, you have sometimes the guys that you run into when you're in a crowd that are ready to just, you know, bomb everybody with knowledge. Right. I'm just going to vomit this knowledge on everybody. You know, this is like a party favor. Right. You want to be the, the fuck smartest. Is that me? Am I that guy? I don't think I you're feel like that guy, that guy sometimes. That guy? I feel like that guy sometimes. Maybe that's I'm the, on the dude that's got you know basically the revolvers cocked back. He walks into a, a party or a get together, goes into a group of guys and just boom vomits knowledge. Well, 
you know, it's kind of no, goes I back. Like in the- I feel like I feel like I'm a I'm a reciprocate reciprocative. That's not a fucking word. Um, shooter. I wait until somebody shoots something that's false, and then I'm and ready. Pouncing and at then it? I'm ready. <laughs> that might be an asshole i might be an asshole i might not even know it oh that i think that might be in the asshole category so i so my my problem is i have such a problem because people know people know that i'm fairly libertarian people know that i don't just follow what the media tells me so then you get lumped into these like far right because of that and then all of a sudden people are like they're like yeah i think that the i think that the vaccine is to depopulate the world because have you heard about all these miscarriages that women are having and immediately i have to go yeah but have you looked because if you look at the percentage of women that are having miscarriages it's like right in line with the average percentage of people in a in a first world country that have miscarriages like it's not it's not a bigger number clearly if there's pregnant if there's pregnant people and 1% of pregnancies end in miscarriages it, it's not going to not end in a miscarriage just cuz you got vaccinated right so like that that actually that conversation just happened this morning at the gym but oh, really? it's like i get fucking suckered into all of those because <laughs> People want a sounding chamber, right? Like they want to, they want somebody Sometimes to go. They just want an echo chamber. They, yeah. some, they want an echo chamber and I'm not like, I fucking think for myself and I do the research on that shit, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of conversations that, you know, people get into, whether it's the gym, whether it's a store, whether it's, you know, at a card game or something, it's too many times. It's just bits and pieces of information and then they just run with it. It's almost like that uh campfire game where you, start with somebody and you go around by the end of that game is just completely something else and it's so much parroting exactly so much parroting whether you're whether you're a fucking fox news junkie or you're a cnn junkie it's so much parroting on both sides exactly exactly so you know i mean there's pros and cons to critical thinking obviously so i mean the downside to critical thinking having those skills that you know what it can lead you into new territory Stuff that's scary because you know what? It takes you out of your comfort zone. Is and that is that a negative? To me, it, not really. No, it, it's gonna cause growth, right? Like oh, it, yeah. it's a it's a catalyst for growth. But I think one negative with critical thinking is that it does take energy. It takes energy to not just read a meme and and parrot it. Like it takes energy and it takes discipline to say, I'm gonna look this stupid little thing up before I say it 20 more times. Yeah. But I mean, that's, you know, to me, that's positive. But you know what? It's going to, it takes energy and discipline to accomplish anything. Yes. And I think that's where our society preaches so much about the, you know, pursuit of comfort so much that, you know, a lot of people are starting to really just couch potato it. Everybody wants it easy, man. Everybody wants everything easy. And, and, and you want to be a critical thinker. Like, first of all, why should you be a critical thinker? Like, I guess that's like our first step is like, we're going to talk about critical thinking, but are we going to just waste all of our breath on talking about critical thinking before we like explain why you should be a critical thinker? And I think that with critical thinking, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the skill set to build a house, right? Like you have to gain the skill set. And then once you gain the skill set, you can, you can benefit from its, from its, you know, benefits, I guess, for the lack of a better term. All right. No, I mean, that's and so the benefits exactly of the benefits of being a critical thinker is 
you are able to move forward with your life with knowledge that has some sort of a, a, a reasoning or a reasonable um, fact behind it. Yeah. Because can you like how many people build out six months or a year's worth of their life on a bunch of points that are, are false? Can you imagine investing a year's worth of your life into into some sort of a pursuit? But but the pursuit all was based on a, on a false you know, premise, you just waste a year of your fucking life. You only have, yeah. you know, you're fucking 40 years old. You only got 30 more good years. Like, yeah, you're going to live lo- longer than that, but like good years. Yeah. Oh, look what happened in the last four years. Yeah. I won't have to comment too much on that one, but yeah. But I mean, if you take critical thinking and you know what, we're going to break it down into, you know, five steps in the process. And the very first, or I'll, I'll just uh, list them off here. I mean, first step is to adapt. Second is the research. Third is to process that research information. Fourth is to reflect before, you know, you may take any action. And e, the last one is explanation, which is the action. What are you going to do to solve the problem and how are you going to articulate what you found? So, you know, step one is, is to adapt. And in parentheses, you know, is open-mindedness, you know, not being so open-minded that your brains fall out, but it's to basically adjust your actions and strategies, the things that you're doing every day to um, accomplish those goals and tasks. Are are you willing to be uncomfortable? Are you willing to expel that energy? Are you willing to be somewhat disciplined to solve a problem? And are you willing to admit that you were wrong? Like if you thought something specific and you did the research, like I I know that I have had been at that point where I thought something specific, I did the research and then that, that coming to grips, that kind of gut check of like, oh shit, I was wrong. That might be the hardest part of critical thinking. Now, if I would have went into that open-minded, never had an initial, an initial, you know, leaning, it'd be a lot easier, but that's just, I mean, I, I'm not to that yet, I guess. No, but it's, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, it takes humility to understand and realize that, you know what, you could be wrong and, and that's fine. And that helps you in the next step, which is research, because a lot of people that don't have that, you see that a lot now with the news, you see that with, uh, people that are ready. I mean, like, uh, I won't say you per se, but you know, <laughs> people that go into a group and they hear all of a sudden you hear a subject that, oh, you know, here's a hot subject, whether it's political, whether it's something, you know, going on nowadays, whatever it is. But, you know, they're ready to with their bits and pieces of information for this side that they support, whether it's right or wrong. You know, they're just basically just supporting a narrative. I mean, that's where you start getting away from, you know what, you could be wrong. I just want to find the truth. Yeah. So and, and I really do enjoy playing devil's advocate in those conversations. Like if I'm in conversations with a very progressive person, yes, I, I come across as very conservative because I feel like that's the dance, right? Like you have all of these ideas. Let me try to throw some of the other side ideas at you. And we're not talking political, you know, liberalism and progressivism. I'm talking, or you know, actual like idealism, idealists. And so if you if I'm in a conversation with a super conservative, right, like I'm going to I'm going to play a lot of the other cards so that we can we can try to find the middle ground because the answer is never on one side or the other. The answer is always somewhere in the middle. It's not black. It's not white. It's always gray. Yeah. 
I mean, I, yeah, I guess not. No, it isn't always. I was going to say, I guess murder. But like realistically, if you could murder one person and save a thousand, that's a fucking gray area. Right. You know, and, and there's when you start to get into like psychological evaluations and they, they really start to talk about that kind of like at what point in time could you actually do it and stuff like that. It's pretty some, some pretty interesting stuff for a totally different day. But <laughs> all right, well, we'll move on yeah. that one. Yeah, 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 for sure. I'd be curious about that. But um, so so number one is adapt. You have to have the ability to adapt. So it takes it takes you to the next step when you're ready. Then that's when you research. And I put down here analyzing facts, you know, 360 degrees to understand a problem or topic thoroughly, you know, collect information data. And you have to question yourself with, you know, what channels are you getting your information from? You know, what are you reading? You know, what news outlets are, you know, you're going by and, uh, you know, what on YouTube and what on Google, you know. And non what, what's the word I'm thinking of? Non-biased research. I'm not, because it's really easy and a lot of people research strictly to verify their opinion. Yep. It just goes back to what we're saying. Right? Like, like if you, it's, it's, it's as simple, it's as simple as the way that you type things into Google, right? Like if I wanted to know, I, I, I'm not, I can't even think of anything off the top of my head. My brain's mush. But if, if I wanted to know um, what the best, what the best pickup is to buy. Okay. This, this is super simple. The best pickup to buy. I could type in what are the top rated half ton pickups of 2021, right? Like that's a non-biased way to search that. Or I could type in, is GMC the best half ton pickup to buy? <laughs> I can tell right? you the first three pages what you're going to get. Exactly. And so that's the thing is you have to you have to be researching non-biasly, not researching just to verify your own personal opinion. Yeah. And, and that's, that's tough for a lot of people. And that's where you got to check yourself at the door at the adapt. If you cannot get past the bias and adapt, you know what, then you, your research is going to be no good anyway. Yeah. I mean, let's dig into something really deep, politics. So if you're looking for an answer politically and you go on Google based on their algorithms, guess what? I mean, I'll have to dig past page three and five of Google to actually get to some unbiased reporting. You know, if you're somebody that just goes by the first one or two pages, you're going to be like, oh, crap, man. You're just going to buy into basically whatever they're trying to sell you. They're telling you how to think. So. You know, anything, just like you said, you got to get past page three and five of, of Google or YouTube in order to get to the truth. And and learning how to ask questions, right? Like if you start asking random questions that have nothing to do with what you're trying to research, you're going to be on page 20 before you find anything like learning right. how what the perfect question is to get the type of answer that you need. Yeah. You know, I mean, we could even talk, you know, they critical thinking when it comes to like this vaccine, right? Like that's a big fucking deal right now because everybody's really, really, really pushing it. But are you able to think critically enough as to what your personal position is? If you're, if, if you're, you know, if you're a healthy 40 year old with a 17 year old kid should, or a 16 year old kid or a 15 year old kid, should you be getting that kid vaccinated? Now, major media says everybody should be vaccinated. 
But realistically, should a 16-year-old, a healthy 16-year-old be getting some sort of a, a experimental injection if there's not anybody in your household that that they could give it to? Man, right. that's a fuck. That's questionable. And that's going to take a lot more research than should I get vaccinated? Right. You know, now, if you're a 55-year-old and you have diabetes, then that's a totally different answer. Yeah. But those are two totally different questions. You have to ask questions. You have to... S- Look at the numbers. I mean, do the numbers match up to, you know, is, is the risk there? Are the percentages there? You know, I'm not going to get into it right now, but you cannot go by what they're doing in social media right now. And whether you're vaccinated or not, I mean, when you go on social media, these celebrities are telling you that they got vaccinated. I sure hope to God that nobody is getting vaccinated because Cardi B got vaccinated. Well, bro, but Cardi or, B is fire. I don't, She's fire. I don't know. I have no, I, I, I think know. I know who Cardi B is. I couldn't name a single I heard song. She did like some goofball, you know, vagina dance or something. Yeah, I and, no and, clue. and that's, yeah. First of all, you're not, you're not a critical thinker if you're doing anything because any celebrity has done yeah. it. You're or not any politician you're tells you to, I mean, just because somebody tells you to do something, you line up to do it, then you know what? Then you might as well check your brain out the door. I, I hope. I hope I didn't already cover this story, but we're in we're in a liquor store and a guy comes up and he buys a bottle of mezcal. You ever have mezcal? So there's two different spirits that come basically from Mexico. There's tequila, which has to come from the tequila region. It has to be 100 percent agave. And there's different steps that it has to go through to be called tequila. And then it's a verified tequila. And then there's mezcal, which is produced similarly, but has a lot less rules. It's kind of like the Wild West of tequila. It can come from all these different areas. And each town has their own way that they make mezcal. Mezcals are generally a lot more smoky. Some of them even have like a, a heavy smoke on the flavor. And this guy comes through the register and he's got a mezcal. And the store, the st- guy at the store goes, oh, you like that? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I think so. Because he normally doesn't buy anything like this. Like, customers are pretty regular. And uh, he goes, you like that smoke? And he goes, oh, that that was in the booze? I thought somebody put a cigarette out or ash a cigarette in my drink. So clearly, if he had that thought, like, he had a negative interpretation of the flavor of that product the last time he bought it. And then he goes, eh, it's trending, so I got to drink it. <laughs> like, what the <laughs> fuck did you just say? Yeah, whatever's trending. Oh, man. That, that, sir, is not a critical thinker. No, it's a sheep. So, I mean, you know, getting back to research, it's what are your avenues? And once you start pulling that data out, you know, that's when you go into the next step, which is a process. The process of breaking down that information that you just, you know, piled on your desk. And the three... Three pieces of that is what you see online and they talk about is, you know, interpretation, inference and evaluation. So, you know, interpretation is basically I'll use the wiki meaning is concluding what the meaning of processed information is. That's all yeah, it is. That's, yeah, that's perfect. And uh, inference is assessing whether the knowledge you have is sufficient. And here's the key word reliable. That's a good point. Like, is it sufficient? You know, even if you separate those out. I've done all this research. I have all this information. Now I'm processing the information and you might get to a point where you're like, I don't actually have enough information yet. And you got to go back to the last step. Yeah. That's a good point. I never even thought about that. Yeah. I mean, better more sources than, you know, single sources. I mean, there's 
there's people that swear up and down. I mean, there's some people that are like, oh, whatever to say. Like we talk about Jordan Peterson. Yeah, if you're a big fan of Jordan Peterson, a majority of what he says is awesome. But you know what? There's going to be some points where you may disagree and that's okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's that guy's not, so he's not, he's much smarter than me. But he's no, uh, and he'll he'll tell you like things that he thought at one point in time and then changed. And that's yeah, that's one thing too. Like we we hold we hold our and this is to, not off topic, but we hold our politicians to such a standard where it's like you did this ten years ago, and it's like fuck you. Like who were you ten years ago? If you're the same exact person you were ten years ago, then you haven't evolved. Yeah. I've I've changed. And I will change 10 years from now and then I'll change more 10 years from now. And I've learned the lessons and gone through the things. And that's one thing that we like totally ignore the fact that you have to go through shit to learn from your experiences to become a better person. Right. Yeah. But in this quest for comfort, a lot of people try to just avoid just want- any pain altogether. Yeah. And then don't understand, you know, why they're so brain dead and then never evolve. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. So the third part of that evaluation is the ability to make decisions based on that information. Then, you know, what is your conclusion? So, you know, that's the process. Um, And once you get that, that evaluation here, here's a big portion. And that ties into squared away. The next step is reflect and reflect is is self-regulation. You know, make sure you're squared away, not an emotional roller coaster. Or I put it down here, you know, not an emotional roller coasting idiot. Because you know <laughs> what? If you are just doing it by emotion and you're just collecting data just to debate somebody politically, or, you know, whether it's about vaccine, you know, I'd rather we all come to the table and try to figure out, okay, well, what's what what are the facts and we're all gonna come away from the table, whether we agree or disagree, but at least we're more knowledgeable about the subject, right? Yeah. So you know, if you're just an emotional idiot, then you're just in there just to win. Yeah. And uh, I wrote in here, you know, knowledge puffs up. So, you know, use some rationale to apply these skills and products of critical thinking when necessary. You know, kind of like what we talked about is going into the group and trying to hammer people down is it's not to puff oneself up, but you're applying that information to, to improve yourself. You know, this is what this whole podcast is about is, you know, you have to look in the mirror and improve yourself. You have to take these skills for your benefit, like we just said, so that you evolve into a more knowledgeable human being. And by you evolving, you are becoming the person in other people's lives that presses them to evolve. You and and that that's something that I've come to grips with just in the last few years is I can't make anyone change. I can't. I mean, I can suggest change, but it really doesn't matter until someone's ready to change. So how do you actually get someone to improve and involve? You can't. You do it to yourself and then you become the person that they, whether it's conscious or subconscious, because I've noticed it with, you know, with friends around me that it's never they've never admitted it, that it was conscious, but it was, you know, six months to a year after they saw me do something and then it hits their mind like, Hey, how did you, how'd you do that? What did you do to get that? Hey, could you show me how to do that? And it's like, I never like put it out there that they should do it. I'm just working on me. And that was that, that, that really helped me, um, over time because I quit like, Hey, you should do this. Hey, you should do this. Hey, you should do this. And I just work on me 
And then when somebody wants or they like something, they like the evolution, they'll come to you. Yeah. I you mean, know, the, the, the Michael Jackson, the man in the mirror, right? Yeah. I mean, the, you know, the group I know, I mean, the silent professionals, you know, you talk about you have to be a silent example and that's when people are going to come up to you. I mean, simple explanation is, you know, a person that's extremely obese and unhealthy. You don't see a lot of people coming up to them and say, hey, what's your workout and what's your diet regimen, right? Yeah. So by example, they're always going to go to a person that is freaking jacked unless they're you know, on roids or something in the gym and say, you know, wow, what is your workout, you know, or how'd you get your triceps? So, you know, freaking huge. So, um, same thing, you know, with, with dieting there, you're going to ask somebody that looks like they're in great shape. Well, what's your diet? That's a weird one, right? Because like, so a lot of it is genetics. So like, that's a weird one because like you, you go up to somebody and you're like, Hey, what's your, you know, what's your routine or what's your diet? And they're going to give you their answer. What they do. Yeah. What they do. But is it, a lot of times it's, it's shit, right? Like it's not even a good improvement. So I think that's where like, you know, even like slim fast and all these like big weight loss programs, like they always have somebody that's gone through it. Right. Because yeah. that has so much more of a, of a benefit to people that are in that position and want to make the change Experience, than just yeah. someone that's just genetically right. Like I know how many people do you know that eat like shit lift and look great. Like, yeah. congratulations, you won the fucking genetic lottery. Awesome. Good for you. But I'm not going to take advice from you. Right. You like know? Inside, they're probably unhealthy. So, yeah, you know, maybe. But you wouldn't up. see that by walking, you know, walking through the gym. Oh, yeah. yeah you know, I agree so. with that. So, yeah, it's. Uh, you know, yeah. I think I think first step is to always have that always have that speculative view. Right. Like you don't need to be an asshole. You don't need to be a pessimist. Right. But you need to always have that speculative view. Like simple example. I'm not going to give any names or anything on this, on this fucking quick story, because I don't think anybody would ever listen to it, but who knows from here. So there's a guy that I know that has a nice car. It's not a Lamborghini. It's not that guy that we talk about in the, in the past, but this is like a, like a, we'll say like an $80,000 car, just a guess. And he's 20 years old, 21 years old. And he told me at one point in time that he's been saving this money since he was 16. Okay. So I'm like, okay, I just got that little bit of a speculative view on everybody that tells me something. I always have that little bit like, okay, maybe told another one of my friends months later that he's been buying and reselling um, hard to get whiskey bottles. And that's how he bought that car. Well, I can tell you that even if you get one of every really hard to get whiskey bottle that comes out every year, that's not even you're going to make 15 grand, 20 grand max. Right. So that's not happening. Then I hear from somebody else. Hey, did you know so and so sells Coke? I'm like, there's the answer right there. Like it, and it, it was that was probably nine months between the first conversation and the last conversation. Oh, really? But I always <laughs> had that speculative like hmm, maybe. And that's what I, and it sucks. Like, because some people, like I know people personally that can listen to somebody and they'll go, Oh, so-and-so, you know, bought this huge house because they're doing this for work. And it's like, yeah, maybe. Would I want to be the person that just believes everything everybody says? I don't know if I would want to be or not, but it does kind of suck always being speculative of something people say. Yeah. But you have to be to but, be a critical thinker. But sometimes speculative, I think, comes off as a negative. 
know, trait, but it's not really negative. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know how you can put it, spin it in a more positive light, but it's it's a good thing to have. It's just, you know, a question saying, okay. Yeah. Like a lot of times, uh, some people were joking with me is, uh, yeah, you have this thing, like like my chiropractor always said this, is uh, I always get in a conversation and I'll just sit there quiet. And I'm quiet listening. I'll usually be like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. You don't say, really? Uh-huh. And then I'll wait and process all that information in before I even say anything. So, I mean, that's that's just how I am. Yeah. But I have to, you know. One negative I will say that comes from being speculative, right, is we have the inner, we have the inner ability to heal ourselves. That's why that we have to do placebo studies, because if you think something is healing you, it actually will heal you. It's not the thing healing you. It's your body healing yourself. But if you're always speculative, you don't get that. Like we know a chiropractor that had some fucking shitty fucking probe that they ran up your back in some shitty 1980s, some 1980s video about a space shuttle and this shitty technology. And immediately when I saw that, I'm like, nope, I'm out. Fuck you. You're full of shit. So like that, maybe if I believed in it, I would have gotten better. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I definitely don't go there. Yeah. So, no. Um. Yeah, what we're talking about. Uh, self-regulation. self No, no, no. <laughs> so first step. First step is always having a little bit of speculative inside you, because if you don't have that that little bit of speculation, that little bit of yeah, maybe. Um, and you don't, you don't say it out loud. I think that's the difference between the negative and the positive, right? Like I never, I never let that kid know that I thought he was full of shit, but I always had a little bit of a thought in the back of my head that he was full of shit. Yeah. Right. And I didn't, I didn't bring it up. I didn't tell him that I I never even fucking worried about it. And then it eventually came out. (laughs) Um, so it's that, it's that little bit of, it's that little bit of speculation that you have to have to then to, that's the catalyst for critical thinking. Yeah. You know, cause if you don't have that then you're not going to the next step of actually thinking critically about things that you're learning, things that you're reading, things that you're seeing, things that people are saying. Yeah. So you have to have that first little bit of speculation, like, eh, maybe, you know, even like simple, like the, like the, the uh, miscarriage thing with the vaccine. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Maybe. Yeah. No, I can picture you saying that. I think you'll, you'll know, like in my conversations where I think somebody's full of shit, mm-hmm. I'll actually repeat what they said. <laughs> Oh, like, like, like so, do you you're, hear so you're saying <laughs> that the earth is flat. Well, bro, you, you can't prove it. Like, you've never been up there. You've never been up there and seen it. Oh. You know, flat earth, like the totally off topic. Flat earth started as a joke. Like the guys posted it oh, on, joke. on 4chan. <laughs> they posted on 4chan, like a big, long post with like a bunch of like kind of pseudoscientific explanations. And it was supposed to be a joke. And then people read it and were like, yeah, maybe. And it ballooned out of control. <laughs> Turned into a cult. Turned into a cult. And it was all supposed to be a big joke. Oh, oh man. Those people were not critical thinkers. Or they <laughs> oh. were super critical thinkers that just had, they were inability, they were unable to fathom the research. Yeah. And uh, let me roll back before we run out of time. Is, uh, the last part is the explanation slash solve the problem. Is once you have all that information that we just talked about. So you got the speculative mind. So you once you do that, you take your next step, you research. Yes. And you gather all these facts in this big pile. And then you process that and interpret it and evaluate it. Then you make sure that you're right. As, as far as you're right is mean that you're squared away. As far as you, you, you have the knowledge to then make a decision. 
Correct. Yep. Make sure you're squared away that, you know, you're coming with this answer without emotion, without anything tied to it. You know, now you need to explain it or solve the problem. So you need to be able to articulate that. So make sure you have things articulate and everything clear as reasonings to why you're doing such and such a thing to communicate it with other people. Because, uh, you know, a lot of times it's not critical thinking when, like we talked about, some dude just rolls into a party, rolls into a group and just vomits it out. It does not come out articulate, nor does it come out clearly. It's just basically somebody just ready to hammer down everyone else. So it's not a debate. Nope. So it's just finding the facts. So yeah, adapt, research, process, reflect. I'm, I'm currently Explain. reflecting and this sounds, it's, it's not exhausting. It's not, I promise, because I'm, I'm, a, I'm very much a critical thinker and I'm very much speculative. But as I, as I, as I sit here and think about it from the outside perspective, it sounds exhausting. It sounds like, Oh, you don't, you fucking, you don't believe anything anybody says. And that's not it. Like, I just want to, I want to reiterate, like, that's not what it is. It's, I don't make irrational decisions based on things that people tell me or things that I read or memes or anything like that without looking it up. Right. Most, I think for most of the time, yeah, most you're, of the you're time, not and that's the thing. Your whole day exactly, like that. yeah. and that's what I wanted to get across. Because now that I think about it, like it sounds fucking exhausting, but it's not because I don't research every single thing I see, every single thing yeah. I hear, every single thing I encounter. I, but I don't make a decision before I research the specific thing right. that I'm that I'm dealing with. Right. So like if I if I read 50 different things in a day and I see 20 different news stories and I talk to three different people that have a, you know, have a point of view out of all of those things. Maybe there's two things that I that I'm interested in making some sort of a, of, of a informed decision on. Those are the two things that I will then go into the critical thinking stages. Yeah. But without yeah. that, without that speculative thought. I'm not ever going into that critical thinking stage. Right. So it's kind of like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Like I hold everybody at a little bit of a distance. And because of that, I'm able to critically think about things that people say that actually have an impact on my life. Right. And critical thinking applies to everything. I mean, nowadays, I mean, with everything going on, you know, politically and the news, I mean, it's even diets. There's so many fad diets out there Um, in health. There's a lot of exercise programs, exercise apps. I mean, this is where you just need to sit down instead of instead of just picking a program, just do the research yourself. And and no matter what, no matter if it's what book you should read next, what diet you should be on, what exercise program you should be on, who you should vote for, whatever, whatever the topic is that you want to think critically about, you need to have a goal on the other end, right? So like if I'm going to, if I'm going to research exercise programs, I have to have a goal. Do I want to lose weight? Do I want to get strong? Do I want to get muscular? Right. If I'm going to pick a diet, do I want to, well, again, lose weight? Do I want to just be healthy? Do I just want to lose weight? Cause that's totally different than being healthy. Am I going to vote? Do I actually want to know who aligns with my values or do I just want to verify who I already know I'm going to vote for? You know what I mean? Correct. Or a job. If I'm going to research jobs, do I want to research jobs that where I'm going to make a bunch more money, but I'm going to maybe have less 
uh, value, personal value? Um, Or do I want a job that gives me more reward emotionally and mentally and I'm not worried as much about the income? Like have an end goal that you're trying to decide on versus just open-ended research. Yeah. No, exactly. And it's there's so many things you need to apply this to create a lifestyle. What's your lifestyle going to be? Not just, you know, you're not just not looking at it one situation like, oh, I'm in a hot debate with my friends about the vaccine. Well, this is what I'm going to, you know, this is the process I'm going to use now. No, take it to your, your lifestyle as simple as, you know, uh, going into a restaurant. You know, I can't help it, but I have a process that runs from my mind when I walk into a public place or a restaurant is that I have to know where the exits are. And it just it's a very quick process in my head. I have to basically sit facing the door just in case, you know, anything happens. You know, there's active shooters, thing, the things that go through my head. You know, um, I usually look for the cutest waitress, but that's just me. <laughs> I mean, one of the. Uh, um Instagram posters, uh, uh, Byron, Byron yep. Rogers. I actually like uh, when he pops up these videos of situations because it kind of like it raises situational awareness. It helps you process through, okay, well, if, what if, if I'm in that situation? If you follow through Byron to the guy who I think owns or runs or manages the protection agency that Byron does a lot of work for, yeah. I don't remember his name. I will try to put it in the notes. Um he does even more of that and he'll break down like he'll he'll do video pause break down what's going on video pause break down what's going on and it's like a protector nation it's like a bunch of people who are that are in that field that then debate on okay well he shouldn't have done this okay he did this okay this you know what i mean and, yeah. and like that he does a oh, lot of yeah, really good stuff looked that deep yeah it's more for me like uh you know i'm the shitter and i need some entertainment yeah I actually yeah <laughs> watch it like that yeah so. for sure well, I think we wrapped up critical thinking, um, be a little bit speculative. And then when it's something that you're, that you're going to make a decision on, then implement the steps of critical thinking. Do you want to run through those one more time quick? Yeah, it's, you know, first step is to adapt. You know, it's uh, adjusting your actions and strategies, accomplish goals and tasks. Next is research, you know, gather facts 360 degrees, you know, put that in front of you and then take those facts and run through process which is interpretation, inference, and evaluation. And once you evaluate, uh, make sure you reflect to make sure that you're that you're squared away and ready to present that information or take action, you know, correctly. And then the last is be articulate through explanation. Beautiful. I think this is a wrap. We're going to go out on this one and uh, we'll catch up with you guys next week. Peace out. Peace out.